Hello, welcome to the Camden Fringe Pod, a podcast all about the Camden Fringe. Keep listening for a glimpse behind the curtains and to find out how you can get involved in, you guessed it, the Camden Fringe. Hello, I'm Michelle. I'm Zena. Welcome to the Camden Fringe Pod. Today we have an interview coming up with Rhiannon Jenkins, who is a first-time Camden Fringer, and she's bringing her show Good Girl to the Museum of Comedy. We interviewed her, and she, we were in the UK, and she was in America, which I still find amazing. It was a transatlantic interview. Exciting time. It's so simple. Once you've like worked out the time differences, which is not straightforward. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. It's just minus five. But it, there's different time zones in America, though. That is true. She was in the minus five time zone. Hello, Rhiannon. You're in America, which feels very exotic to us. Yeah, it feels kind of exotic to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my partner is American and we've been doing the long distance thing for almost two years um but we're we're in the process of me getting a visa to move over here so i'll be back in the uk from march and then and then touch wood by september we're hoping my visa will be finalized and i can come back to america after i've done a little bit of a sort of mini tour around of this show but and which bit of america are you in we're in uh, pennsylvania about an hour and a half away from pittsburgh like right in the middle of nowhere just in a tiny little well not even in the town we're like half an hour away from a tiny little town so it's proper like rural america which is exciting but you feel ready to become an american citizen i guess yeah <laughs> it wasn't ever on my radar until i met chris i think chris would quite like to move to europe but the american visa was like the fastest way that we could both live in the same country it's just the problem of falling in love with someone who lives in a different country (laughs) is there much of a fringe scene over there there is actually yeah i mean this time i've only been here for a few months i got here in like for christmas and then i'm leaving well next week um so we've only done bits and pieces um we were working at the theatre in Franklin in the little town that is by Chris's parents. We just did like an improv workshop and like ran a show with some of their local people, which was really fun. And it isn't something, it's not a place I would ever have thought to do something like that. But they've got this huge, beautiful theatre in this teeny tiny town. It's like a really nice big auditorium and a little black box theatre off the side of it. Oh, nice bigger than most of the places I've worked in in London. Um, I guess they just have more space. But yeah, there's quite a lot of fringe theatre going on. Like we went to Columbus for a music gig and there was low, like there's a whole big arts community in Columbus, in Ohio. There's a couple of fringes at some of the bigger cities. Uh, and we're hoping, touch wood, when we move, when I move back here properly, Chris used to live in San Francisco. So we're thinking, of like going back there and maybe starting up like a theater festival there ourselves. Amazing. So, I mean, yeah, if you guys have any advice on on that, we definitely need it because it's not, I've helped organize small improv festivals, but nothing major. So that's like an in the horizon once 
once I'm legally allowed to stay in the country sort of thing. But yeah, there's loads going on, even in the like outside of New York or Los Angeles or wherever, there's a lot happening. Can you tell us about Good Girl? I am describing it as an alternative cabaret clown show. It's basically me playing a bunch of different characters and playing with some of the ideas that men have about women that I think are funny, (laughs) basically, and that I think other people will hopefully find funny. I've been doing a lot of research that I think has ruined my internet search history. I've been looking at like popular porn search terms and, uh, you know, male fantasies and weird subreddits and stuff and created like a crazy housewife and, you know, a sexy schoolgirl, lots of different characters that are like based on male fantasies of women and then sort of deconstructing those and playing with them and either making them funny or grotesque or breaking them in some way. So it starts off kind of sexy and then gradually gets less and less so until it's just chaotic. What's the weirdest porn search that you found? (laughs) Well, this was one I wasn't even aware of, but Chris showed me um, inflation, which is like a kink that people have. It's like people creating images of usually like My Little Pony characters or like Miss Piggy and female cartoon characters, but having them like blown up like balloons. Um, This is a thing for some people, apparently, which was strange. All the parts of that were things that I hadn't thought of in a sexual way. So I was like, hey, this is news to me. (laughs) I thought you were going to say something like dinosaur porn. I mean, there's plenty of that sort of stuff, too. It's also just one of the things I think is interesting is there's a lot of extremely niche stuff, you know, like people who want to see feet or people who are like, I want to watch like stepmom stuff or whatever. But because a lot of money has gone out of the porn industry, there's a lot of porn that is like trying to hit multiple niche points at the same time. So they're like, okay, we've got this like attractive woman, we're going to have her get stuck in a shelf. And then uh, she needs someone to help her get out. And then it turns out the guy who's helping her get out is her stepbrother. And she's gonna like give him a blowjob. And also we're gonna see close-ups of her feet and he's gonna screw her. And then we're gonna see him like move to anal. Like they try and just give them a bang for their butt. I suppose if you include everything, then you can hit every single search term. Yeah, like porn SEO, essentially. They're just like, if we just throw enough keywords in, we're going to come up at the top of the list. I'm not someone who's ever been that interested in porn, but I, I was interested in all of the things that men sort of project onto women. I've also looked at a lot of other things like all the girl next door tropes and all the things that we see in film, like, you know, manic pixie dream girl or like best friends girl. Yeah, it's it's been a weird and fascinating journey writing this show. <laughs> and is it all scripted? Because you're quite an experienced improviser, aren't you? Yeah, there's some improv. There's a lot of audience participation. Uh, and yeah, it's it's clowny. So there's a lot of like fourth wall breaking and getting volunteers on stage to do stupid stuff. Nothing scary for the audience, but yeah, there's quite a lot of improv to kind of give some padding around those segments uh, and allow for whatever strange things happen because of having the audience on stage, because 
my experience is if you write something too scripted that involves audience members, you're just going to get thrown because they're always going to do something you just never would have expected. So I'm just allowing for those segments to be quite improvisational. As you said, you were doing a sort of mini tour of it when you come back to the UK. So you've got a few fringe festivals lined up. I'm just performing it at the Hope Theatre when I get back in April, like not as part of a fringe festival. They put out a call out just saying we've got some spots available. So I'm doing it there. And then May is Brighton Fringe. And then July is Manchester Fringe. And then, yeah, August Camden Fringe. So four places. I'm not doing like full on, I'm just going to be on the road for four months because I'm also sorting out a lot of personal life stuff in preparation for leaving the country. And I've got a whole load of weddings to go to in July because it turns out when you're turning 30, suddenly all your friends start getting married. Oh, they'll get divorced when you turn 40, don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm doing four venues this summer. Uh, I thought about trying to fit in maybe some time before or after Camden in Edinburgh. Then I was like, Edinburgh is such a difficult festival, especially for a solo show. Like last year I was there with a group performance and it was great because there's like other people to rely on. I was like, you know what? I did it last year. I'm okay with not going this year. And we'll see for maybe next year or something. It's more of a it's more of a mountain, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas Camden, Brighton, it's more of a small hill. Yeah, and it I guess it's just it's partly because it's closer. <laughs> the logistics are easier. But Edinburgh last year, obviously because I was in an improv show with other people and I wasn't doing any of the producing stuff. I just turned up, did the rehearsals, did the show. It was a lot easier than doing everything <laughs> for a solo show. So I think next year I I'm like, maybe what I would do is find another show to work with that's in a group and then also do the solo show. That sounds like a good idea. A good way of doing it, definitely. You're spreading the costs a little bit more that way as well. Yeah, Edinburgh... It's such a fantastic festival and it's so fun, but I think, I mean, we could do a whole separate podcast about the pitfalls of going to Edinburgh. It's just, it's a huge undertaking for anyone. You have to be super prepared, don't you, mentally and everything. But if, you know, if it goes really, really well this summer and you hone it, then maybe you'll, maybe next year will be the time. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You know, I, I feel like doing these four sort of mini runs is going to be a good way to just feel confident about it. And either I'm like, oh, this needs massive rewrite. I've done that a lot before where you think a show is one thing and then you perform it a few times and you're like, no, that's ex none of that is staying, basically. <laughs> but I've tried some stuff out in front of people here in the US to just be like, is this universal or am I coming at this from a very Eurocentric or Britain-centric viewpoint? Especially with like references from things when I was a kid and stuff. But even in front of an American audience, most of it seems to be landing. So yeah, I feel, I'm feeling remarkably okay about it. I mean, check in again when I'm actually there before a performance. But at the moment I'm like, yeah, I feel good about this. <laughs> when are you performing? I am at the Museum of Comedy and I should have got the date up. I've got them. It is the 12th, 13th of August. That's right. Yeah. The Museum of Comedy is such a fun space. So I'm really excited to be doing it there. And they've been, I mean, you guys, you said you had a chat with Becky on another podcast like they've been really helpful i've been super lucky i you know you hear horror stories about fringe venues but all the places i'm going touch wood have been really helpful every time i've asked a dumb question about like public liability insurance or you know all the weird logistics that you don't think of they've all just been like 
here's a very detailed and simple way that you get this done. It's just, it's been great. It's been really nice. That's good to hear. And where are you performing in Brighton? Uh, at the Rotunda Theatre in their Squeak venue, which is the slightly smaller venue. And that is the first to the 4th of June. So it's the very last four days of the Brighton Fringe. So I'm hoping that I'm going to catch all the people that are like on the tail end of the fringe and just want to have a good time. Possibly other performers. Sounds like a good plan. And what about in Manchester? Where are you performing in Manchester? Manchester is a theatre called the King's Arms. So that's kind of like a pub theatre, but they've got like a pretty cool theatre space. We used to run the King's Arms. Did you? Oh, that's so weird. It's such a small world, isn't it? It's a very small world. But yeah, it's a great space. A really great space. Yeah, I feel, I feel like I've really lucked out. It's been remarkably easy and I feel like I'm jinxing it by saying that. Well, you just have to sell lots of tickets now. Yeah, that's it. That's the thing, isn't it? I'm not worried at the moment. And once I start worrying about selling tickets, I'll be like, oh, shit. But at the moment, I'm feeling good. All the stuff is in place. So now I've just got to, you know, throw it in people's faces and beg them to come out and see it. (laughs) Well, you seem incredibly well organized, so I'm sure it will go swimmingly. You're one of the first shows to finalise all your details, so you're obviously on top of everything. That's great. Basically, I just, I decided which fringes I wanted to go to, and I had Eventatron open and was just like getting in touch with lots of venues for each festival, and I just made a giant spreadsheet with all of the information from like a tab for each festival. It made it slightly easier doing, like figuring out all three festivals at once, because as I was sorting out marketing for one i could sort of tweak it a little bit for the other it took me a couple like a few weeks but i i just spent some time finding a venue for all of them and then doing all of the paperwork for all of them i think just having a bit of an assembly line and doing a bunch of festivals at once made it slightly less daunting so that's a little bit of advice for anyone who's looking to go to fringes if you're doing multiple festivals just do each bit of the process at the same time if you can because obviously everyone has different application dates and stuff but it does make it easier fringe theater isn't all creative it's also spreadsheets oh my god can't beat a spreadsheet yeah so many spreadsheets (laughs) but if you're good with spreadsheets you'll you'll be great running the san francisco fringe (laughs) good (laughs) i feel like you know you go into the arts because you're like i want to be creative and expressive and actually a large part of it is spreadsheets filling out forms chasing invoices yep you've got it (laughs) (laughs) well thanks so much for chatting to us yeah it's lovely to chat hopefully we'll catch you in london yay (laughs) 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 well she was lovely she was very lovely and very organized super organized i like all her talk of spreadsheets yeah good talk um so the camden fringe news before we round off for today is that we now have 22 shows on sale as we record this 22 who have we got that we didn't have before katie norris from norris and parker doing her first hours solo show which should be exciting because she's very funny and very odd in a very good way and dark yes our kind of stuff yeah did we have john callahan's cabaret electro last time no, we talked about him with Becky from Museum of Comedy because we discussed how pleasant he had been on email. He wasn't finalised. He is now confirmed. He's performing not just at the Museum of Comedy, but also at Aces and Eight. Oh, cool. We have Assessment Centre by Craig Henry, which is a play at the Etc Theatre. And Extreme Improv Comedy Show. Guess what that is? Is that 
improv. Yeah, that's at Camden Comedy Club. They've definitely done Camden Fringe a few times before. I wonder in what way it's extreme. I'm sure it's extremely good. And we also have a show called Phrases, a one-man dance, multimedia and spoken word performance. Fantastic. And where's that on? Camden People's? No, it's at the Hen and Chickens, which is a surprise. The other news Mm -hmm. is we've got another venue, which is confirmed and taking applications. Which is the London Irish Centre, and they have multiple spaces. So get on Eventatron and uh, send them a message. Is that us done? That's us done for now. In our next episode, we've got a good interview coming up, haven't we? With Alyssa Watts, technician extraordinaire, to give all of her advice about thinking about the technical aspects of your show. It's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.